Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening and welcome into The Point After here on the New Orleans Saints radio network. Saints win 18-10 over the Carolina Panthers, run their record to 8-8. Eight eight. Along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Aber, I'm Christian Garrick. Before we get to Bobby's rant, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the New Orleans Saints radio network. Back here on The Point After on the New Orleans Saints radio network, Bobby Aber, the Cajun Cannon, founding father of the Houdat Nation. 18-10, he's showing off on Facebook his, uh, his new bootleg shirt, Try me one more time, and it's the picture of C.D. Deuce folding his arms, looking up at Tom Brady after they shut out the Buccaneers a few weeks back. Folding his arms, smiling. Yeah. And uh, C.D. Deuce is the man. He, he's a dog. He, he's Listen, you want him on your side. You might hate him if he's not on your team, but if he's on your team, what? You embrace him. He's just a playmaker. He loves football. Chris, I don't know if anyone else loves more football than Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He'll tell you that in the heat of the summer. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you that in the dead of winter. You could be a hundred point underdog, whatever. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, uh, when Christian, he has to get into coaching or something. Because well, he loves get into coaching. He loves football that much. I, I think he's a future All Pro. He should be an All Pro. I think this year. But, but what I'm saying is, I think football. Uh, he would say his hobby is football. What do you do for a living? I play football. What is your hobby? I play football. Yeah. No, I, I I don't know if he does anything else. He might play video games or whatever. But, uh, no, he is outstanding. All I know is when he was inactive on defense and how Dennis Allen has to adjust to the defense when he's not on the field is a big difference what we're doing defensively. When he's out there, he has a lot of freedom, and Dennis Allen trusts him. Uh, uh, Malcolm Jenkins trusts him. You know, uh, Demario Davis. You look, okay, who would be the team captains, that being DeMario Davis and Malcolm Jenkins on the back end, the positions that different calls that, that they put on C.D. Deuce. No, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, uh, he's a flat-out stud. I'm just glad he's on outside because he gets in the opponent's head. But not only is he talking, he's walking the talk. You can talk smack, yeah. but you got to back it up. When you back it up, then uh, the opponent just got to walk away. What were you going to say? Come on. 18 to 10, the Saints beat the Carolina Panthers. Seven sacks, three and a half from Cam Jordan. Two turnovers, about as textbook and dominant as you can get on defense. No, as dominant. Uh, Christian, any time uh, you give up 10 points, shame on your team if you don't win. If we'd have gave up 18 points and loss, I'd have been shame on the offense. You give up in the teens this day and age or 10 points, you should never lose. And that stands for reason uh, under Sean Payton. Sean knows this. We allow 20 or fewer points. Uh, 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 we've played 100 games when we've allowed 20 or fewer points to Sean Payton. We won 92% of the time. 
So we not, I can figure it out, 92 and 8. So we've won 92% of the time. We've played exactly 100 games, but our defense has allowed 20, has allowed 20 or fewer points, and we've won 92 and we've lost 8. Now, if you look, commit zero turnovers, I say, okay, uh, we do so. Mike, uh, to tell you, you, we're all talking about, uh, okay, uh, you cannot give the Panthers a short field. you got to protect the football. Well, we didn't turn it over. We end up being plus two for the game. We plus four of the season. Uh, Carolina came into the game. They were minus nine. Now they're minus 11 for the season. You wonder why they're not winning? They've now lost 11 out of their last 13. That simple number, you can see Devin Flo. I was kind of disappointed in their play. Or they were probably in DJ Moore. It seemed like he was disinterested because he's a thousand yard receiver and he didn't do much of nothing today. Three uh, catches for 29 uh, yards. Yeah, and eight targets. He had, I want to say for sure, one drop, if not true. Uh, no, uh, uh, two of. He, 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 Christian, like he didn't want to even be there. Come on. And you he treated pro- one pass almost like a volleyball spike. No, no, like he spiked it. <laughs> I mean, the, the, you talk about one of the best receivers in the NFL. No, that, like he didn't want to be there. But, uh, Christian, if you look at it again, Allowing 20 or fewer points, 92 and 8, allowing uh, or committing, I should say, zero turnovers. We're now 55 and 6. 55 wins. Not even if our defense doesn't even take it away. Just if we don't turn over the ball, we're 55 and 6. Now, uh, this does not uh, surprise me, or I should say, I'm disheartened by this uh, because this is something uh, I got to get my notes on this one. But anyway, it's um, on third down. We have been horrendous third down offensively. We were horrendous again today. We were 5 or 13, 38%. Uh, I want to say for the season, we're like 32, 33%. And I never thought I'd see that in a Sean Payton offense because they were so efficient with Drew Brees, obviously, uh, that making a difference. Uh, now, this was not necessarily good. Well, we had minus four yards rushing in the first half. Uh, well, we ended up, Christian, uh, getting 73 yards. So if we'd have did that uh, or half of that in the first half, then you'd have been all right. But we ended up with uh, 28 uh, rushing attempts, 73 yards, two-and-a-half yard average uh, per carry. Uh, th- that's not getting it done. I thought the officials, we were worried about the crew. Um, they only called six penalties. Yeah, Jerome Bogar's crew typically is pretty flag happy. Yeah, and uh, they only called six penalties. Uh, now only one against Carolina, five against the Saints, but – it's still uh, – they got it right. Uh, you remember when the grounding penalty mm-hmm. on Taysom, yeah. where they were going to place the ball, and Sean decided not to go for the long field goal, and he went for the long uh, – the, the, the punt. And playing the field position game because our defense stepped up in the work in uh, that regard uh, when all said and done. But uh, time of possession uh, was not boding well for the Saints at the beginning. Uh, when, when I look at this, I mean, it was like, Christian, I wrote this – uh, the Panthers, all of a sudden, we're watching the game. They had 13 minutes back, uh, basically on back-to-back two drives. All of a sudden, it's the second quarter, and they scored 10 points. And I go, well, man, if our defense don't play great, uh, we're not going to freaking win. Uh, our defense has to play great. But we end up coming back. Uh, the time of possession, it was 50-50. Uh, they had the ball uh, 30 and a half minutes. We had a 29 and a half. So we really played uh, catch-up in that regard. But uh, we were, it was like almost uh, the watch, okay? You're in the watchtower, and you see, when is this going to occur? Okay, so when are we going to finally score a touchdown? This is the NFL. You can score a touchdown if you want to. Uh, you know, it's not like uh, – You don't get penalized for it. Yeah, you don't get penalized for it. Well, I don't know if I've ever witnessed this. We kicked eight straight field goals. 
until we finally got a touchdown. So we scored 24 points before we actually scored a touchdown in the 12th quarter. So it took us three games. It's amazing we're still on the playoff hunt, but it is what it is. We are. Uh, and, and Christian, like I said earlier, I mean, uh, I, I don't know any rhyme or reason behind this when you think about it. It is, um, it is when you think they're going to win, uh, they don't win. And then, uh, okay, look, 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 Tampa Bay uh, twice, Green Bay. Uh, look how we won those games. Then you lose to the Giants and Falcons. I don't know. I would not be surprised if we lay an egg in Atlanta. And I'd not be surprised if we win. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. They're kind of unpredictable. They're unpredictable. And looking at that, I know you got to score points to win. You're not going to win too many games, 18 to 10, uh, the bottom line. Uh, like, look at Callaway. Callaway, I don't understand Callaway. It's a lack of concentration. I think you asked who's that. It's a lack of concentration because how can you make the difficult catch and then you miss the easy catches? It's a lack of concentration. He had three drops. He was targeted 10 times. Taysom's looking for him. He had six catches, 97 yards. If he just catches the ball, this would have been his second game over 100 yards receiving. And a great average, over 16 yards a catch. So I think that's maybe a lack of concentration. Now, Alvin Kamara, uh, but it didn't look like, man, Alvin Kamara type day. But Christian, I think, I always say this, he needs to be about 120-plus as a pass receiving running back and running back. Well, he hit the century mark. He got to 100. It wasn't like what we witnessed uh, against the Buccaneers and, and what happened last week where Kamara w- was not a factor. And even in the running game, wasn't a factor. He had 13 carries. He averaged two and a half yards a carry. Uh, he had five catches for 68 yards. He had that long gain of uh, 29. Then we all know he had the touchdown. But he ended up with 100 yards total. But uh, looking at sacking uh, Sam Darnold seven times, uh, I think we took, took advantage of that. How can you not give a, a game ball to the veteran, Cam Jordan? Uh, not only Christian, now this is unusual because he's not a linebacker, considering not only did he lead the team in sacks and quarterback hurries and tackle for a loss, he led the team in tackles. Uh, usually you don't see a, a defensive end leading the team in tackles. Now, Kawan Alexander was tied with him. They both had six unassisted and eight total and uh, uh, but uh, if you look, quarterback hurries, tackle for loss, sacks. Cam Jordan, uh, number one. Uh, looking at CD Deuce, he ended up having a sack also. Uh, then he had uh, two quarterback hurries, tied with Quan Alexander in that area. Tackle for loss, interception, and the pass defended. But uh, this is a game you had to win to give yourself hope and, and being in the hunt. I don't know if we could do anything, even if we make the postseason. But hey, it just shows you how hard it is to win in the NFL. The Saints coming away with a win, 18 to 10. I don't know. Uh, you don't get any style points. You might say it's an ugly win, uh, but they didn't lose. Uh, what I was worried about was, yeah, how in the hell we can't make the damn extra point? Because then it's two scores. Mm-hmm. You can see a scenario, it's 18 10. They would go score, go for two and make it. Now in overtime, <laughs> we lose. Where if it's 19 10, maybe they have no chance of coming back. Those little bitty things, but I was like, uh, who knows? This. I still think it's the 2021 year, even though we're in 2022. Who, who knows what's going to happen as far as the weirdness with this team. But the bottom line, the Saints come out on top, and they're still on the hunt. And who that nation? Tonight. Come on, you never know what's going to happen in the NFL. You got to cheer for the Cheeseheads. Go Packers. Go Pack Go against the Vikings. No Kirk Cousins. He's not playing. He has COVID. He didn't take the vaccine. So it's not going to be some miracle comeback. He ain't playing. The, the Packers have to win, okay? 
Now we gotta have to hope. We're gonna talk about this and break this down later. We, we, the Packers got to win tonight, and then you need uh, the Rams to beat the 49ers. We need that to happen in the Cowgirls. The Cowgirls, uh, what they have? Did they win against the Cardinals, Christian? Or, they lost, I think. Oh, they lost to the Cardinals. But that's they why lost. we still need Dallas to come back and beat the Eagles uh, next week because the Eagles came back and beat the Washington football team. So it's not a woulda, coulda, shoulda, and all what has to happen. But the Saints beat Atlanta, I- I'm telling you, that they have a good chance of still being in the postseason. He's Bobby Hebert. I'm Christian Garrick. We are just getting started here on The Point After on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Point After here on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert. I'm Christian Garrick. Saints win 18-10 to 10 over the Carolina Panthers, now 8-8 eight and eight on the year. Still have a shot at the postseason. The rundown is simple for the Saints. They don't control their own destiny, so they would have to win, obviously, next week. To um, win out, yeah. Basically, so Minnesota has, has to lose tonight. You want the Packers to win. And Philly clinches a playoff berth with that, and Minnesota would be eliminated if, if the Vikings lose tonight. The Saints clinch with a win in Atlanta. And San Francisco lost at the Rams. San Francisco clinches a playoff spot with a win over the Rams. So we are big Rams fans this week, Packers fans this week as well. And we also Cowgirl fans. I'm even going to go further, Christian. Uh, Amy just did this. I think she brought this out. Uh, uh, did a lot of homework in the Picayune and, uh, you know, the Advocate. Uh, the Saints went out. Uh, this is a very likable or, or very attainable situation without, without any upsets, kind of like the 49ers beat the Texans, right? And they will lose to the Rams. The bottom line, you want the 49ers lose to the Rams because uh, you don't want to be in a head-to-head tie with the Eagles and the 49ers win also, uh, but you want that three-way tie scenario in this regard. The Saints went out, the 49ers beat the Texans and lose to the Rams. So you want to uh, – so uh, then the Eagles would – uh, beat Washington, which they did today, but lose to Dallas uh, n- next weekend. And the Vikings lose to the Packers tonight 
and they'll probably beat the Bears uh, next week. I said probably. Who knows what's going to happen? That would put New Orleans at nine and eight, the 49ers at nine and eight, the Eagles at nine and eight, and the Vikings would be eight and nine. For it'd be a three-way tie for two final spots between the Saints, 49ers, and the Eagles. Then if you, so, you look at head-to-head and what it would occur. The Eagles have played both the 49ers and the Saints, but Philadelphia is one and one in those contests, and the Saints and 49ers haven't played, so you go on to the next scenario. Winning percentage in NFC games. In this situation, the Saints and the Eagles would both be 7-5 in the NFC, in the conference, NFC conference, and the 49ers would be 6-6, six and six, so the 49ers would lose out here, and the Saints and the Eagles would go on to the postseason. That, 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 that's highly likely. Bobby, I mean, that could happen. The it's NFL pie in the sky. The NFL loves this, I'm sure. 24 of the 32 member clubs are still alive. For mathematically. Playoffs. Mathematically. Yeah. Oh, alive. without a doubt. Three quarters oh, and, of, the, of the league is still mathematically alive. They've been won that every season. N- not like a half, not 16 out of the 32. When you got three quarters, Christian, no. Uh, the, the NFL, uh, you know what that tells me? And then you look at uh, a division play at the end, like the Saints having to play Carolina and Atlanta. Now, it's not always exact. But, you know, uh, like look at Dallas and, all, and, and the NFC East playing uh, or the NFC North playing head-to-head or NFC West head-to-head matchups. It makes the games more meaningful, and you might be playing with something instead of having to arrest players. So then you pique the interest of most of the fans. But where you are playing for something, even though it is still the regular season. Three teams in the AFC have been eliminated, and five teams in the NFC have been eliminated. No, uh, Christian, uh, the NFL would want this every year. If they can have this, not no 50-50 deal. Uh, whoever's doing the scheduling, uh, they're doing it right. You know, sometimes you might say, well, I don't understand the scheduling. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about with COVID and they reschedule games. I'm talking about when they come out with the schedule in April and, and how they rotate the divisions you're playing. Like when we play in the AFC, like we all know next year we're not playing. I don't even know who we're playing, Christian. I know we're not playing the AFC East. Because we just played them. But uh, we will rotate and play another AFC division. Mm -hmm. So they've done an outstanding job with that and the meaningful games uh, down the stretch. And so how can you argue when you have three quarters uh, of the NFL teams are still relevant in the playoff hunt and mathematically not out of it, and you got uh, basically one game left? Pretty amazing. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text lines are open at 504-260-1870. It's the point after, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. I'm Christian Garrick. Sean Ross at Master Control taking your calls on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text lines at 504-260-1870. Hollywood, what's going on, Hollywood? You're on WWL, or excuse me, the New Orleans Saints Hello, Radio Network. Hello, hey, Hollywood, what you first got? First mess of week 17, hey, first hey, time hey, I did yeah. that. Hey, uh, hey Hollywood, uh, were you a little worried? I was like, man, come on, uh, I, 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 I thought we could beat this team, but but it was like an ugly win, but it was still a win. What was your take on the game? I was a little worried for three quarters. Uh, for some reason, it looked like the team didn't want to be there, but they woke up, you know, all of a sudden, and the defense played outstanding. The Cam Jordan uh, gave him a game ball. I've been on him at the beginning of the season, middle of the season. You remember when Cam Jordan was producing? He we were on him a little bit, me, you, and Christian. Now he's uh, he, he put it on. So 
He's one of the reasons. He's red hot right now. Red hot. There's not a well, not a pass rusher that's hotter than him right now. Well, uh, you know, he never missed a game, but he got a little rest because of COVID. Uh, what he's done since COVID, Christian, he got six and a half sacks? Three straight double digits. I mean, three straight multiple sack games. Hello? Uh, I mean, uh, now, you, you know what's interesting, Hollywood? Cam's one of those guys that he's still producing at a high level. You remember I tell you, if we're trying to get a quarterback for the future, you got to give up something to get something? Just by Cam producing this way, some other team might want Cam. Because remember, it's ready to get. It's better to get rid of a player a year too soon than a year too late. And as productive as Cam Jordan is, that's value maybe for some other team. Now, I could come back to haunt the Saints, but in theory, you'd want to send him to the AFC. Uh, that'd be like a Deshaun Watson or Texans type deal of that era. But, like, you could be sending him to Seattle, a Russell Wilson type deal, and then – you got to play Seattle and Cam Jordan. Then he's sacking your quarterback. So with that being said, I'm not saying to get rid of Cam. But all I know in the future, when you look at the Matthew Stafford deal with the Rams, you got to give up some draft picks and players, give up some to get something. And Cam Jordan is still in the contract. Like Teron Armstead's a free agent. So you have to look at, okay, how you control a player's destiny and what's going to come about. But Cam Jordan... I mean, any time, Christian, there's not too many games you could say throughout the National Football League when this occurs that not only, uh, okay, if, if you look at, like, your defensive end, you could say he can let, lead. Um, and, and This is uh, not the trifecta, the quad factor, whatever. Not only sacks, quarterback hurries, tackle for a loss, but tackles. Mm-hmm. You know, usually uh, you can have an explosive game and lead the team in sacks, and then uh, you can lean in quarterback hurries. It means you whooping the guy in front of you or even tackles for a loss and getting penetration. Uh, but usually it's not necessarily uh, that, that you're leading also the team in tackles. Cam Jordan, uh, Christian, we need to give him two game balls, what he did today. Bobby, in, in 11 seasons, Cam Jordan has turned in double-digit sack seasons in six of 11 seasons. That's Canton, Ohio kind of production. 102 and a half sacks for his career. Still got a game to go. He's going to play. I don't see him retiring no. at the end of this year. Why did he retire? He's still playing at a high level. No. And, and no, if, he if might not be away, able to finish his career with the Saints, but he ain't quitting. If you take away his rookie year in 2011, the lowest sack total production he's had is seven and a half. And you know what's crazy about this, Christian? Uh, Mike, to tell you, you can probably correct me if I'm wrong on this, but uh, I want to say at Cal Berkeley, you know how many sacks he had? Four. Yeah, he, he was drafted in the first round as a run stopper. As a run stopper. Now, even when he wasn't getting sacks, you can never say he was not playing the run. Now, he might. I'm not saying 100, percent but I'm saying overall, Cam Jordan will tell you, and I'll tell you. Just look at the film. A flat out stud against the run, throughout his career, when he was developing his pass rushing moves to be able to get sacks. But he didn't do that in college. He got better as a pro. You remember when Zach was, was with us, um, he described Cam Jordan's rushing repertoire as just awkward. It was just unique. No, no, not everybody rushes the passer with those, those same moves. He's power. He's got finesse. I mean, he's, uh, look, again, I, I'm not trying to blow this up, but I, I, I genuinely believe by the time his career is done, we're going to be talking about Cam Jordan in uh, in Canton, Ohio, in the Pro Football Well, Hall if you put it effort and heart, and if you could say being available to be held accountable every game, if you could package that into Davenport, he might be outlawed. 
Uh, it would be like a first ballot Hall of Famer. So somehow, if you can have those intangibles by Cam Jordan, which you can't coach, it has to come from within, if you could put that in like a Marcus Davenport, it'd be off the chart. Now, it doesn't always work that way, you know. Hollywood, thanks for the phone call. Andy in Alexandria, Virginia. Go ahead, Andy. You're on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Hello, Andy. It would be a one-way. Andy, you're on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Andy, we just heard you said it'd be a one-way. I don't know if you're driving. How much uh, for the uh, 55-30? All right, we're going to put Andy on hold. 20 and 250 would be the maximum. Okay, let me see what I'm going to (laughs) Is he placing a bet or something? I don't know. know. I don't know what Andy was doing, but nonetheless, uh, Andy, if you're listening, we're going to bring you back on here shortly. Uh, just get whatever it is that you're doing out of the way. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text lines are open. We'll step away and come back. This is The Point After on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Back here on The Point After on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Saints win 18-10 to 10 over the Carolina Panthers. Seven sacks from the Saints defense. Two turnovers, an interception to end the game. A fumble, sack fumble from P.J. Williams in the game as well. Led to three points. Uh, Andy, you're back on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network, Andy. Andy, are you there? All right. Well, we'll give up on Andy. Well, uh, Christian, that was one area that I was uh, concerned with as a team, uh, you know, was the sack total. And we haven't really had this kind of game like we had tonight. We've had that in the past. We've gotten seven sacks because when we've been amongst the best and, you know, you look at the last, we won four straight uh, NFC South titles. We were like a team like in the high 40s, uh, low 50s in sacks. I, I think by us even having seven, Christian, it's like almost right now we're still a team uh, that's going to be like best case scenario even with Atlanta. And we, let's say we have a good game against Matt Ryan. And I can tell you that's another game. When we sack Matt Ryan three times or more, we win. When we don't sack him, he burns us. And that's what happened the first game. That's what even happened in the past. So I can tell you right now, I'm a prophesy here, and I'm going to tell you, we sacked Matt Ryan three times for sure the Saints are winning. Now, we got to do it, and uh, that didn't occur. Uh, but, but you look at the big track record. Because Matt Ryan, we almost associate Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, how long they played. And there's a big enough sample size. Just look it up. When we sacked Matt Ryan three times or more, Saints win. They, and they win convincingly, but when they don't get after them, uh, Atlanta has a great chance to beat the Saints. Right back to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines. We find Billy Uptown. What's going on, Billy? You're on the New Orleans Saints radio network. Yeah. Hey, why can't we roll Taysom Hill out? Well, they, they, had, a few, they had a few plays where he was out of the pocket. It wasn't like, uh, you know, I, mean, I want to say a few times, like what, maybe it wasn't like every pass attempt. But I would say at least three or four times. Look, he had 28 passing attempts. I would say probably uh, four of those reps, Billy, that he was out the pocket, uh, a kind of a run-pass option type thing. Yeah, he's, he is not a drop-back quarterback. I mean, that is so obvious. And I just – how can I see it and the genius of Sean Payton can't? It just um, amazes me. No, he, he sees it, Billy. It's just that 
What else you, is he going to do? Yeah, you don't want to be whether you're sprinting right or you're sprinting left because he's a right-handed quarterback. Because then if you're a drop-back passer, if you truly know what you're doing as a passer, you can exploit the whole field. Where when you uh, – let's say you're doing a sprint right. That would be Taysom Hill's strength because he's right-handed. Then you got half the field. You don't want him throwing way across his body. He don't have like a John Elway type arm or a Jeff George that would do those crazy type throws. You know, tell you never throw across the green. So it just limits your options. And you could get away to a few plays like that. But if you keep doing that, the NFL is too good to think you just could uh, sprint out quarterbacks and win that way. To truly be an NFL quarterback, and let's say you have a sample size and you're starting and defenses have film on you. If you're starting a month, like four or five games, and they get film on you, you better be able to throw in the pocket, climb the pocket, ha- have a, a pocket presence. Uh, and sometimes I think Taysom doesn't have that. He'll end up taking sacks. Now, Taysom's fine when you tell him, okay, we're running. You just freaking run. And then he does outstanding. I think what he has to ad-lib is not so much like uh, Lamar Jackson or um, – uh, the Cardinals quarterback, uh, uh, Kyler uh, Murray. or Kyler Murray, where they could kind of ad-lib and be more productive than Taysom in that area. But if Taysom's going to be the quarterback for the future, Billy, he has to be able to make plays in the pocket or he's just going to be a gadget for us. He's going to be like a Swiss Army knife, jack-of-all-trades, where he's going to be a big part of the offense as far as the red zone, uh, trying to get a first down and have plays that he will compensate and help the offense as the age back, uh, a slot receiver, a quarterback now and then, power runs. But he's not going to be that pure NFL quarterback unless he could throw uh, from the pocket. Billy, just look at all the teams. And, and I'm talking about Taysom Hill, uh, all the quarterbacks throughout the National Football League. It's not like maybe when you were in high school or I was playing where you had sprint out right, sprint out left. No. I'm not saying you can't do those plays, but that can't be your off-passing offense throughout the game. You might do that at most a handful of times, if not three or four. You understand what I'm talking about, Billy? That Taysom, even though you might think that's his strength, and it is his strength, the NFL de- defenses are too good to continuously do that. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand it. Hey, it looks like uh, Dallas got uh, kind of hosed at the end. I didn't see the play. What happened? Yeah, I, I didn't see what happened. Uh, I know the Cardinals came out on yeah, top. What there happened? Was, there was a there was a fumble uh, with uh, two oh three left uh, that uh, the Cardinals gave it up, and they said he was down, and the booth did not signal down, and uh, the Dallas Cowboys didn't have any timeouts left to challenge it. It was it was egregious, though. It was a big big mistake by the uh, refs. A lot of that going on. Well, well, the the only thing, Billy, you cannot have that. To me, the fans, they're too smart now. If it's so obvious, you got to get the call right. You just have to. All the money that's involved. Jobs are uh, Yeah, jobs, the money involved. Uh, But, Billy, what we need right now is, you know, I hate to say this. uh, Hell with the Cowgirls. But I'm like, come on, go Dallas. Go Big D. You got to beat the Eagles next week. Bobby pulling for the win. Cowboys? Yes, I'm pulling for Dallas because we have to have the Eagles lose. I'm telling you, that's going to be significant if the Saints are in the postseason. Dallas has to beat Philly next weekend. He's Bobby. I'm Christian. It's the point after coming to your calls next. Saints win 18-10 to over the Carolina Panthers. Now 8-8 eight eight on the season. One more to go in the regular season next Sunday 
or perhaps Saturday against the Atlanta Falcons. We'll fill you in. This is the point after on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseballs and boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Back here on the point after here on the New Orleans Saints radio network, Saints win 18-10 to 10 over the Carolina Panthers. Bobby Hebert, Christian Garrick, Saints defensive end Cam Jordan had a heck of a game, three and a half sacks. His postgame interview is brought to you by the Hood Automotive Group, everything automotive under one hood. Hey, Cam, um, a couple weeks ago, I think you had four sacks on the season, and, and now uh, three weeks later you got 11 and a half. Uh, I, I guess what's what's gotten into you these last couple of weeks, man? Um, look. It's like it's like the stocks. It's self corrections. Uh, <laughs> when you, when I think about uh, it, it's season. It's a marathon. It ain't it ain't a short sprint. And at the end of the day, um, early this year, again, I was I was missing Marcus. I was missing uh, David Onyemata. Um, once once my once my D line came back, we came back strong. Um, you know, when you're catching those double teams, those triple teams early on in the season, uh, it can bog you down. Marcus comes back, starts getting a little bit pressure, starts getting some sacks. Uh, they can't. They can no longer, you know, do focus on just me. Uh, David Onyemata comes back. They can no longer just focus on me and Marcus. Um, and that's where you see the change. I mean, it's it's a full blown push from the entire D line. I mean, Carl Grandison really turned it on in the middle of the stretch, and that's honestly where you see you see the, the change. Um, you know, we've always we've always played the run well, and that's why I've never just looked at just sack numbers. Look at my entire game. I play first down. I play second down. I play third down. I play fourth down. I play overtime. I play whatever it takes to win. Um, and that's the same thing that goes through uh, Marcus. That's the same thing that goes to uh, David on your model. The same thing that goes to Demario Davis. Um, don't just look at one facet of our game. I mean, we try and play a complete uh, game. We're not just edge rushers. We're edge defenders. Um, and I think that goes a little bit farther than just sacks. Also, double digits. With the sacks, but with the sacks coming in bunches these last couple of weeks, man, I, I mean, it would, what's – Continue. Well, I mean, uh, do do you feel like you have you have found something here in these last couple of weeks with that? I mean, I mean, is it just as simple as as you having a healthy defensive line, or is there something that you're doing better as well? I think my D line coach Ryan Nielsen has done a phenomenal job of, of just cooling me down. Because I mean, there's so much that I want to you know I want to do in a game, 
Um, it, it's just take the breather, realize that, uh, you know, once the, once the D-line is attacking at full speed, um, they can't just focus on one person. Again, once the D-line got healthy, I'm, I'm going to give it up to the entire D-line and the work that we put in from uh, Ringo to Shy Tuttle to uh, Malcolm Roach uh, to my guy Albert Huggins. Um, I mean, we bring in Jalen uh, early, uh, earlier this year. Uh, Sharif came in. Hell, last week we had two defensive linemen come in on a Sunday to play on a Monday game. I mean, um, you know, what we do on the defensive line, the way we attack practice, the way we uh, push each other to be better, better. That's where I see uh, real, real culture. Uh, that's where I, that's why I don't worry about, you know, the sack numbers. You guys can worry about sack numbers. I'm trying to wor worry about this win column. Uh, we'll talk about accolades, sacks, and everything else after the, after the season. What's important to me is pushing my D-line to be the best that they can be. Nick Underhill. Kim, just kind of earlier in the season, just the, the doubts about the defensive line and all the chatter, and I'm sure you heard it. And, you know, being who you've been for the last decade, people are kind of talking about stuff. Is it a little more satisfying just having this breakout and just kind of being able to, to you know, remind people who you are? He said breakout. <laughs> well, not um, breakout, but you know what I mean. Like just It, to, just it, it is to... what it is. Um, again, I don't, I don't play for fans. I don't, you know, I play for what I've always played for. I mean, I've got nothing but love for this game. And again, I didn't come in a sack, a, a sack master. I didn't come in a, a touted, uh, just pure pass rusher. I came in to play the run. So my run, as long as my hands are here, like my teammates will tell you, somebody's going to get blessed. I'm not really, again, it's, sacks are phenomenal. I think that's an amazing aspect of the game, but I'm not here just to play third down. I'm here for the first down. I'm here for, I'm here for the veer traps. I'm here for the powers. I'm here for the tosses. I'm not worried about chatter from people who may not know all aspects of the game. But you put me across offensive linemen, you put me across, you know, any D coordinator, they're going to, talk, they're going to tell you the same thing. We're forced to be reckoned with. And I tell the D line the same thing as well. Look, it starts up front with us. If we take over the game, there's not much that anybody can do. And that's the way we try to play each and every game. You may not have eight, seven, eight snap sacks a game, but what we will do is affect the quarterback. We will, you know, keep the run under four minus the Philadelphia game. I mean, we've got some of the best run stop numbers in the game. And there's a reason for that. We don't just play third down. We play first, second, third. We play first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. We play overtime. We play on a Saturday bumped up. We play on a Monday back, bump back. It doesn't matter where, where or when. We're always looking to uh, be our best and, and attack everything that we can. Once we have a high execution of the game plan, that's all that matters. Breakout's definitely uh, the wrong phrase, but it, it's it's a flurry. It's, it's something. I mean, you said it. You 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 just you hey, said it. you did this. Hey, I'm talking. Words just come out. <laughs> Luke. Hey, Cam, do you think uh, defensively y'all are really hitting your stride here the, the last couple of weeks of the season? I mean, I know y'all played well defensively all year, but like, especially. Would you say a breakout? Is, is that the term we're just going to use at this point? Let's, let's go ahead and just throw it out there, man. Are y'all breaking? I, I think, I think honestly, you know, uh, with what our defense has been able to do the last four years has been nothing short of phenomenal in terms of stopping the run. I think that, uh, the way our DBs have been playing, they've stepped up their game. They elevated the play this last back quarter of, of the year. Um, and everything that we want to do starts off with, you know, Marshawn Lattimore to Young Adebo playing the way he did. I think that was a chippy call at the end of this game, but that just is what it is. Uh, our, our ability to, to play through, fight through. He talked about uh, Chauncey, Gardner, Ducey, Johnson, CD. Yeah, him. Um, to PJ, um, to Malcolm. I mean, there's just – there's no – there's no higher praise that I can give to our entire defense. I mean, I could sit here and talk for hours about how special these guys are. Um, and it's that focus, that drive that we take to practice. I mean, we're big juice boys. I mean, 
You ain't seen it much, but it's always there. That juice is gonna spill. Um, and our cup overflows with, with, with enthusiasm on the sidelines. It is what it is. I think that, you know, um, we, we, we knew going into this year, we, we wanted to be a force. We've been saying that for the last three or four years. Um, and I think it's, it's showing. That's all you're seeing is the combination of hard work. Brett Martell. Cam, how would you just over the last month really describe the vibe on this team where you, you were five and seven and now you've won three out of four with the one loss, you know, coming when you had the roster sort of decimated and just, just your feeling or gratification on how the team has responded since, since five and seven to get where you are going into week 18. I mean, we talk about the tenacity of our, of our team. You talk about the uh, ability, the, the perseverance of our team. I mean, our coaches are, are have winning mentalities. I mean, every, every time we win, lose or draw, they're always trying to teach lessons. Uh, and I think that's, that's a huge thing for us. I think that, you know, our leaders in our, in our uh, defense, I think leaders in our offense, um, that, that's really what pushes you. You look at guys like AK, you look at Damara Davis, you look at myself, Malcolm, um, it's, it's steady, it's calm, it's, it's never being shaken. Um, again, this is, this is a sprint. And at this point, we've kept ourselves in, in to, into the battle of trying to get to the playoffs, and that's what we have to do. We have to finish that off. Whatever we've done to this point means nothing. Next week is everything for us. Last question here, Rod Walker. Hey, Cam, this is going to be kind of an odd question, but was it weird not having the who that chat before the game? And do you know what happened with that? It was on who that chat? It was, uh, you know what? Things happen. And in fact, as a, as a longest tenured Saints player, I'm going to take that for right now. It'll be corrected next home game. But did you notice that they didn't do it? I mean, was it? I'm like locked different? in. I'm, I'm locked in. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm going to take, take the blame for that. Uh, who that nation? I'm sorry. Lo siento para mi. Um, I'll do better. Saints All-Pro defensive end Cameron Jordan there. Uh, yeah, they did not do the Houdat chant to start what the he, game. What, are you trying to mix it up maybe, Christian? No, I think he, he told you. They just forgot. What, he forgot it? I don't know. Forget again. Uh, when you win, you, you're superstitious about it. That's well, a tradition now. That is well, now well, well, a tradition. The thing is, uh, we were 1-6, and six and then now uh, what, what, uh, you're 2-6 and six the last eight games in the Dome. All I know is, uh, and this could happen, uh, Cam Jordan, out of all the teams, obviously a division opponent because you play him the most, he's had the most sacks against Matt Ryan than any quarterback in the National Football League. Well, Cam, have another two for our three for. Can you imagine he'd have 13 and a half, 14 and a half sacks? Boy, talking about finishing strong, Cam Jordan's capable of doing that. Again, if he has help, it doesn't matter. If he, even if he gets one, somebody else get two. Uh, you know, we got one, one, one. Somebody else help him out. Getting Matt Ryan down three times, there's no way we're losing. He's Bobby Abear. I'm Christian Garrett. Coming back to your calls when we return on the point after on the New Orleans Saints radio network. Back here on the point after on the New Orleans Saints radio network. Right back to our Oakenheart Jewelers talk and text lines. Let's go to Carter in Laplace. What's going on, Carter? You're on the New Orleans Saints radio network. Hey, guys. I just wanted to ask a question. Uh, why? do the Saints run the ball every first down, it seems? They only, I think, threw it one time on first down. Well, well, but that's because they don't have, I I can tell you that's, but Carter, that hasn't been the case with Drew Brees. I think it's almost uh, that trying to help out the quarterback, not necessarily having confidence in the passing game uh, because then if it's incomplete, it's second and ten. Versus uh, if they can run, uh, okay, if they can run, 
and get like maybe second and six or something. Now, if it's second and nine, second and ten, you might as well have a pass the football. But Carter, that's yeah, what the I. Team, th- the teams lining up against them know they're going to run it between the tackles on first down. You can see it. Yeah, Carter, well, I can they, tell you they, right they, now they got eight in the box, right? Right, Carter. Uh, I can tell you right now that some of it had to do with the fact that and I don't. I don't think they ran on every first down, but I'll just, I'll, I'll I'll take your word for it. About. I'll take your word for it. But anyway. You remember this this Panthers front? Look what they did to Taysom Hill tonight. But you remember the first matchup? They got after Jameis Winston. I mean, they, so my my point is that Sean Payton's way of slowing down that 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 rushing attack. And, and, and you don't want to have to pin the their ears back and we're having negative yards after first down, and try to at least go forward. Now we weren't going forward in the first half quarter. We had like a minus four yards <laughs> rushing. So uh, now we did better in the second half, but. Um, no, uh, the teams, uh, why would you fear uh, the Saints passing game? Now, you look at Callaway had a chance without the drops. He'd had over 100 yards receiving. So, uh, you know, it's going to be the same thing against Atlanta. They could say, well, you know what? The one thing we cannot do is let the Saints run on us. So we want to force Taysom Hill to beat us with his arm. So they're going to try Carter and stop, uh, stack up the line, uh, you know, first down against Kamara. So in your point, so Sean would see that if they have eight in the box, whatever. Now, if you had Drew Brees, it would be no question. We would never run. We would never run on first down. Now, you might have Michael Thomas or different weapons that you know are going to beat win the one-on-one, but it, then it's a chess match. Okay, as my co- cover guy, defense is saying better than your receiver. And will the rush or whatever get there, the penetration, before you can have a positive play? So uh, I think until proven differently, you're going to see Atlanta. Now, Sean might say, well, we're going to throw more in first down, but you got to convert. It can't be second and 10, or you can't get sacked uh, because they might say, well, you know what? Uh, we hard press. It's like you're beating our head against the wall. They got eight in the box. We outnumbered. Uh, even as great as Alvin Kamara is, I told you that, Christian. Alvin Kamara, it shows you the NFL. Man, they were snatching his low behind and just throwing him down. Now, when he got in space, outside the screen, outside, now you can see he can work magic. But as far as like a Earl Campbell, like bowling over people and running, come on, he's not that kind of back. And you don't have Ingram available. So, Carter, it'd be interesting to see Sean's game plan against Atlanta because I think Atlanta's coming. Well, we cannot let Kamara, let him get off because Kamara got off against the Jets running the football. So, make still Taysom Hill beat you with his arm and the passing attack, whether that's, uh, uh, whether that's uh, Deontay Harris now in the fold or, or, well, that's Callaway, a little John Humphrey, whatever it might be. I don't even say the tight ends. What Do we even mention the tight ends? Do we even? I'm trying to think. What about tight ends? Uh, what, 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 we had, look, our tight ends, we had one catch for four yards. Well, that's blasphemy. Hmm? In a Sean Payton offense, considering how we've utilized the tight ends in the past, this has been the most discouraging thing more than anything. Jerry Cook right now is like, why in the hell we ever get rid of Jerry Cook? I know he fumbled in the playoffs uh, against Tampa Bay. But none of these tight ends could even hold Jerry Cook's jock as far as production. We have had no production at the tight end position this year. Carter, thanks for the phone call. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification here on the New Orleans Saints radio network. Right back to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines. Kenneth on a cell phone. Go ahead, Kenneth. You're on the New Orleans Saints radio network. Happy New Year, guys. Happy hey, New Year. Happy New Year, Kenneth. Quick question. So I was at the game and I was looking and looking and looking for Mark Ingram, 
Never saw him come in the game. What's his current status or future? He was status? inactive. He was inactive with an injury. His his knees hurt. Okay. Yeah. No, and and, and we would need that one-two punch. I think to spell uh, Kamara and just the aggressive nature of Ingram. Uh, he's falling forward, power running. Uh, now, no, it was limited this season, but but we'd miss that. Now they might be thinking. Uh, that hopefully we make the postseason and he's ready to roll after Atlanta. I don't know. I don't know where his knee's at. I don't know where Ramchick's knee's at. Uh, you know, uh, considering they didn't put him on IR, they thought he would be able to come back. Then I think he had a brace on and he was at practice, and maybe he re-injured it. You know, he ended up on a COVID list. But no, but I, but I, no, Christian, even without the COVID list, I'm telling you, I think he re-injured that knee. That, that it was much more... Then, then COVID, why Ramchick was not out there. I'm talking, yeah, okay. I, I yeah, yeah you. You, okay. you know what I'm saying? That I, I know when he landed on that list last week, the COVID list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't come. Off, he came off of it, but still didn't play this week. But uh, if you look in theory, the games he did not play, you could have put him on IR, maybe brought someone else up. I think he had a setback when he was in practice and he tweaked something. So uh, that's two significant players. If he wouldn't make the postseason, now you got to beat Atlanta. Is that the leadership of two of these veteran players? Hell yeah, you want them ready to play Ingram and Ramchick? Uh, for sure to complement the offense, what we're trying to do. Kenneth, thanks for the phone call. Uh, let's go to Brian and Thibodeau. What's going on, Brian? You're on the, the New Orleans Saints radio network. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Brian, what you got? I was just wondering, because earlier you were talking about if, uh, you know, you made it seem like the Saints playoff hopes depending on the Eagles losing next week. Um I did a little research. I think that if the Eagles are kind of out of the picture, I think it, it comes down to us winning, obviously, and the 49ers having to lose to the Rams, team. right? That's correct. Because and Minnesota happens, losing tonight, along with the Saints. Yeah, you, 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 you have to have the Vikings lose tonight to the Packers. Yeah. Yeah, we're assuming Minnesota's going to lose tonight. But if Minnesota loses tonight, you're down to three teams looking for two spots. And if it doesn't matter what Philly does. We have to win, and if the 49ers lose, we're going to ultimately have a better NFC record than the 49ers. So, 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 so us and the Eagles would get in, right? That's correct. That's Eagles correct. would slide up to six. And we would be six seven. would be seven. We would be seven. That's right. So you see that, that, that that's even better scenario, Brian. Thank you for that. Now you don't have to root for the Cowboys. Yes, yes. Uh, that, that's even better. So uh, – no, it just, it's not far-fetched when you think about it. And that's not backing into the playoffs. To me, backing into the playoffs is if you would be in this day and age, 17-game schedule, you're 8-9. and nine. To me, that that's like, um, uh, uh, to me, I don't know, it's not a losing record, but like the bowl games is all about money. Oh, we're going to a bowl, we're 6-6. Six and six. Eh, or whatever. But if you were ever 5-7, and seven, and you'd be so desperate because we need a bowl team. I think it happened one time mm-hmm. where you had a bowl team because of COVID. There were five wins and they go to a bowl. Well, if you, I don't know, five and seven in college football or if you eight and nine in the pros and you go to the postseason, aren't we supposed to reward winning? Go to the playoffs. We can't get like where it's high school where everybody makes the playoffs. Well, Seattle, Come on. remember Seattle no, got the playoffs that, of seven and nine. That, 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 that's a bunch of BS. Coming but back. if they were 7-9, they should have came to New Orleans instead of us having to go there. Bobby Hebert, Christian Garrick, we'll be back here on the point after on the New Orleans Saints. Back here on the point after, Bobby Hebert, Christian Garrick, Saints win 18-10 over the Carolina Panthers. Reminding you to shop Rouse's for 
King Cakes, Rouse's Markets feels like home. Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. Kenneth, no, we already had Kenneth. Andy, excuse me. Andy uh, in Alexandria, Virginia for the third time. Go ahead, Andy. You're on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Hey, guys, we are sitting on Beacon State. Sorry about it early in the evening. That's all right. Yeah, thanks for calling, Andy. What you got? No, I wanted to ask uh, Michael Thomas. Andy, try to back away from the receiver on the phone. You're all muffled. Sure. Okay, oh, that's Uh, a lot better. Michael Thomas. Yes. Uh, Is he going to see any playing time with the Atlanta game in the playoffs, or He's not playing this year. No, uh, Michael Thomas would be more for the 2022 season. And uh, my take on Michael Thomas, Christian, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong or a scenario where could come about. I think right now they want Michael Thomas to come back next season, whoever's the quarterback, and to help out. Yeah. And to to do awesome. Considering the amount of money – we have invested in Michael Thomas. Now, beyond 2022 season, I would not be surprised because you might be trying to get some kind of draft capital back considering maybe what you had to give up to get a certain quarterback or whatever it might take. And then you have value. Then, uh, because, you know what? To get the future quarterback, I think, with the Saints, you're going to have to give up something to get something. It's not just going to be uh, pie in the sky and a traditional or draft pick that's going to work out, that we're going to draft that quarterback. I truly – now, considering I think we have a win-now defense uh, to possibly be in the hunt amongst the best in the NFC to win championships, the reason why I say that, simply by beating who I think, if not the best in the conversation, kicked off the season, and we kicked Aaron Rodgers behind in Green Bay. Beat Tampa Bay twice. Well, how, how did we win those Green Bay games at Tampa Bay? Because our defense. Turnovers so and sacks. I think we got a championship defense. So, to again, get that trigger man in the future, you got to give up something to get something. I just don't know right now, uh, Andy, uh, that if you could, like, uh, like, give up Michael Thomas now. Why would somebody give, you up, give up anything for Michael Thomas? He had freaking played since the first game of the COVID season against Tampa Bay when he messed, jacked up his ankle. Had to have surgery in 2020. That, that, that's like ancient. Think how long ago that is. And then you're looking at the 2022 season. You're talking about uh, what? Um, so that would be 21. You're talking about two seasons? Exactly yeah. 24 months? Well, he came back that year, had, had another oh, no, he, he, That's right. He came back and he produced a little bit. But he wasn't 100%. But he wasn't 100%. But, no, you got to see him rolling uh, to truly come back and beat a Michael Thomas that was NFL Offensive Player of the Year, which I still think he's capable. Uh, don't you think, okay, this is what I think, Michael Thomas. I think that Michael Thomas is on your team, and you had a Russell Wilson at quarterback, you had an Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, or you had a Deshaun Watson. You don't think Michael Thomas is going to have success? Sure he will. He didn't forget how to play. Come on, I think Michael Thomas would get off with those quarterbacks like he got off with Drew Brees. I would agree. <laughs> I mean, the power play of the game brought to you by Caesars. Harrah's New Orleans, a Caesars reward destination. Cam Jordan providing that power play. Third and six from the 29. The Panthers are three of five on third down. 
Three receivers to Darnold's left. Back to pass, middle of the pocket. He's got pressure, and he will go down. Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan again. They get three straight games for Cam Jordan with back-to-back -back sacks, meaning two in his last three games. Nicely done by Cam. Loss of seven yards, and that's how you get off the field. Cam Jordan, three and a half sacks today. He is on fire the last three games. Right back to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines we go. George in Monroe. What's going on, George? You're on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Oh, not much, guys. Hey, I have a couple questions I want to ask y'all. Uh, who was the uh, the running back? I think he didn't have but like two or three carries. Uh, the Prince guy, I think was his last name, or Pierce. Or no, he, he's the fullback. Uh, Prentice, he had one carry for two yards. I think we might have uh, stuffed in the ball for one first down in short yardage. He had a reception, too, in the flat. Yeah, he had one uh, for uh, four yards. So he had uh, two touches for six yards. Yeah. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Where's Davenport at today? He played. Uh, he he yeah. played. Now, now the, uh, Davenport, I think, uh, he played his part. Now, uh, he had that one fumble recovery, you know, with P.J. Williams forced that fumble. Uh, P.J. Williams, uh, that, that was a great pass rush as far as knocking the ball out with Sam Darnold. And then uh, Davenport was able to recover that fumble. Uh, but he didn't, Christian, he wasn't credited with no tackles for loss, no quarterback hurries, and, and no sacks. Uh, the ones that got after the quarterback, again, uh, when you look at it, this would be basically on scheme. The reason why I say this, because besides Cam Jordan, all the sacks or the contributed sacks was either like a dog, which you'd be bringing a linebacker, or a defensive back on some type of stunt. Like Kawan Alexander had a half a sack one time with Cam Jordan. Uh, P.J. Williams, like I said, his sack uh, the, the, it messed up Carolina's protection. Uh, you got to give Dennis Allen, the defensive coaches, a lot of credit. Scheming there, he had a sack that forced fumble. Uh, uh, Heath, uh, uh, Christian. From Saginaw State, mm -hmm. he's playing. That's a special teams guy. He's in there. Uh, he's the great white hope in there uh, because uh, you don't have Marcus Williams. Uh, Christian, I'm looking at uh, a lot of uh, people don't even know. He, he had a couple of tackles, uh, and he had a sag. He had a tackle for loss. So they were giving him opportunities. And then you had Chauncey Garner-Johnson. Is it CD Heath Duke. or Heat? Well, Heat. Heat. Heath. H-E-A-T-A. You know what I'm talking about. From uh, Saginaw. Well, we just changed his name. He, he's Heat. Yeah, yeah, Heat, Heat. Yeah, he's bringing heat. the Heat. He's bringing the Heat. Heat's bringing the Heat. But C.D. Deuce, yeah. Chauncey Gardner had a sack. So, really, I think a lot of those sacks, when you look at uh, – uh, and, and that's a lot, Christian. Whenever you get more than four or five, uh, a lot is like confusing um, – confusing Carolina's protection and scheme. Now, with Cam Jordan then, that was more traditional four-man rush. Uh, that was just a butt whooping. But all those other guys contributed. That's definitely dialing up the right scheme at the right time. One thing I'll point out, I'll add, uh, George and Bobby, is while Davenport didn't have a great impact on the actual stat sheet, however, if you watch closely, they weren't able to just strictly double-team Cam. They had to pick their spots. So Without Davenport, a doubt. I, Davenport created some opportunities for Cam. That's why Cam Jordan, the post-game press conference, he said, well, uh, uh, why all of a sudden you're getting all these sacks? Well, he did say it does help to have David Onyemata and Marcus Davenport in there. Remember at the beginning of the year, uh, David Onyemata suspended for six games. Mm -hmm. 
And it is Davenport. I don't know. He's here. He's not here. Is he available or not? So you got nothing against Carl Granison because those guys, they all get in the rotation. But when you put David on your mod and Marcus Davenport, pick your poison. Well, who are you going to double team? Okay, you're going to focus on Davenport? Well, then Cam Jordan should win. You focus on Cam Jordan, then Davenport should win because you can't double team everyone. George, thanks for the phone call. Uh, Jimmy and Gretna, what's going on, Jimmy? You're on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Hey, how's it going, guys? Happy New Year's. And uh, I wanted to say I hung out with Bobby Hebert at the uh, UNO basketball game Friday. Really smart guy. And I enjoyed that time with you, Bobby. Uh, but listen. Well, you have a lot of wisdom. You have a lot of wisdom, Jimmy, just talking to you. Uh, Christian, you know, uh, Jimmy and I are both historians. It's amazing. We're watching a basketball game and talking about, like, world history and stuff. Okay. It was yeah, uh, yeah, somebody was around us, Jimmy. They were thinking like with two nerds. Like, well, you had a basketball game. Why what you does Jimmy look history? like, Bobby? He's a good-looking guy. A Christian, I'm a good-looking dude. I got a wife, all that stuff, I, man. Jimmy, I would say he does not have an ugly wife. I mean, he looked yeah, that good. I, 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 I think he's that. Thank you, Bobby. I, 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 listen, I, I'm, I'm securing my manhood. Jimmy's a good-looking guy. I would think he has a, has a, a beautiful wife. Thank you, man. And, and Bobby's securing his manhood. Look, listen, <laughs> let me say this about Taysom Hill. I got to give him credit. Now, I'm not saying, and I want to say this to Christian, I'm not saying he's the answer at quarterback. However, he is now 6-2 and two as the starting quarterback for the Saints. Does that mean he's got a great deep ball? No. Does that mean he's a leader? Yes. Am I bagging on Winston in comparison, who is a 5-2 and two starter? No, I like Winston, too. But when Winston fans call into the show and say Taysom Hill's not a quarterback, what is a quarterback, Christian and Bobby? Sometimes it's leadership. Sometimes it's grass stains on your outfit. Now, of course, we're indoors, but I've seen it. He's had blood on his outfit. I'm a big Taysom Hill fan. Outfit? Uniform, Jimmy. It's a uniform, dude. Hey, you're right. And look, all I'm saying is this. Am I saying he's the answer long-term? No. But I am saying this. Look, he's got four offensive linemen out, right? Pete, Ramchek, McCoy, Armstead, Armstead. And I, it, correct me if I'm wrong here. When Winston went five and two, which was very good. Now I like Winston. Keep that in mind. I didn't like seeing him get hurt. Okay, he had two of those guys during that seven game span. Ramchek and Armstead every game. So all I'm saying is. When, when Hill takes a sack and people start booing him or giving him a hard time, he's protecting the ball. He's done a really good job the last few games of not turning the ball over. And so I got to give Taysom credit where credit's due. I'm a big fan of his, and I like Winston, too. I don't know what's going to unfold next year with the quarterback position. I'm hoping we make the playoffs. And I, I believe in Taysom Hill at quarterback. So, I mean, I just wanted to bring that up. Taysom Hill has a better winning percentage now than Jameis Winston, and I want to get your take on that because so well, many people bag on him hmm. in comparison to Winston at quarterback. Well, if we're going to have a chance and we couldn't do it with the great Drew Brees or first ballot Hall of Famer, we're not going to no damn Super Bowl with Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston at quarterback. I'm sorry to keep it real, uh, but I think we have a championship defense. We would need over-the-top quarterback. That's why I say like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson – uh, Deshaun Watson type. Uh, I don't even think playing purely the quarterback position. I think Derek Carr, the Raiders quarterback, would do better on Deshaun Payton than Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. Now, you can hate me or, or do whatever. Now, I want Taysom Hill 
to always be a part of that. But to say that he's going to guide us throughout the season and to be the guy. Now, with Jameis Winston, uh, I, I think um, he's an NFL quarterback. Now, you could be an NFL quarterback and have a double-digit season. I'm not saying he chased Daniel or anything. No, he could play a long time. But to say he's going to hit that payday and bring a championship wherever he's going, uh, he has a lot still to prove. He, who's going to give Jameis Winston the type money uh, his people would want, considering what he did? It's a small sample size. They wouldn't give him anything going forward. The Saints would maybe like him at, at, at their price, but I'm telling you, we would not win a championship, I don't believe, with Taysom or Jameis at quarterback. As far as, I'm not saying playoffs. Uh, I think we've got a great chance to get to the playoffs and Taysom being a big part of that. But I'm saying, saying when you're trying to ultimately win the Super Bowl, you know, we laid an egg a couple of times. When you look 2011, the greatest season maybe in Saints history. I'll never forget that. Uh, 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 yeah. That year, we had five turnovers at San Francisco, five turnovers. We t- and we were down by 17 points the second quarter. We take the lead twice under five minutes and we lost. Greg Williams was too hard-headed when we blitzed. It did not play the percentages. We made Alex Smith look like a first ballot Hall of Famer. And then we all know the Nolan no-call. What happened with the Rams? You cannot tell me we wouldn't have scored more than three points against the Patriots like the Rams did. I think that's where our seasons, and it was because we had a quarterback like Drew Brees at the helm. I think we have to have that kind of impactful player uh, going from the, the next decade, now in the 2022, going forward. The quarterbacks we have, I think Taysom's going to be a big part in the offense where we have invested in him, but not necessarily the quarterback. I think with Jameis, uh, I'd be surprised if he's around because he thinks he might be able to get a little more money somewhere else. But as far as the quarterback next year, I still don't think he's on the team. He's Bobby Abear. I'm Christian Garrick. Saints win 18-10 to 10 over the Carolina Panthers. This is the point after on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. 18-10, to 10, Saints win over the Carolina Panthers. Back here on the point after on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Abear. I'm Christian Garrick. The Diamond in the Rough performance of the game presented by Friend & Company. You have a friend in the jewelry business, and it's going to be Marquez Callaway, much to Bobby's maybe chagrin, just because he did have three drop three drops, but he also had six receptions for 97 yards. We went over 100. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, Christian, he made the tough catches. It was when the easy ones. To me, uh, when you make the tough ones, that's a reaction. That's one thing, you know, uh, like, you look at a number of games and you see, like, a 50-50 ball or a contested throw. And then as a Saints fan, you might watch some other NFL game. You go, like, damn. You watch throughout the season, whether it's Kenny Stills or a number of receivers. Like, damn, we don't never make those kind of catches to help out the quarterback. You know, contested throws, 50-50 balls. And uh, I think I think Callaway, uh, I think Lil Jordan Humphreys uh, as of late. But then Callaway uh, – Come on, three drops that you have to make if you're going to be a top-notch receiver. But the one receiver, uh, Mike Dettelier would agree with this, like uh, uh, could be in the top five or six. Now, he was checked out. He's maybe uh, thinking of uh, the holidays, Christmas, and New Year's. DJ Moore, Christian, he volleyball spiked one throw, <laughs> and, and, and he got targeted eight times, only three catches uh, for 29 yards, 10-yard average. That's a guy they're counting on. 
Now, that would be – D.J. Moore would be the Michael Thomas of that team to help Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. like Michael Thomas would be for the quarterback. So, uh, D.J. Moore, uh, you know, Coach Rule and Temper, I would like um, – I would challenge D.J. Moore. Are you going to be a pro and finish the season at a high level? Because D.J. Moore, now, it might be a lot to do with the Saints' defense. Uh, I'm looking when he did have some success or what he didn't. Uh, he was going against uh, uh, Paulson Adebo. It wasn't necessarily against Lattimore, you know, when they, uh, maybe the matchups and what's going to occur. But I know the Panthers got to be extremely disappointed in D.J. Moore considering he had 80-plus catches coming into this game, I want to say uh, closer to 90 and over 1,000 yards. And he didn't show up today, Christian. He did not. I agree. All right, Taysom Hill, Saints quarterback. Today, 17-28, 222 yards in the air, one touchdown, a quarterback rating of 97.6. He spoke to the media after the Saints win over the Panthers. Hey, Taysom. Um, the last two games you started, Marquez has had probably two of his biggest games. Um, just a, what kind of a rapport have you guys developed over the, the last couple of weeks you've been starting in there? Uh, I mean, this goes back to training camp. We, we'd had so many conversations about Quez, uh, you know, since, since July. And so uh, this doesn't feel unfamiliar for me. Um, Quez is a, is a guy that I, I trust, and you just got to give him opportunities, you know, um, and, and I'll continue to do that, and he'll continue to make plays. Mike Triplett. Jason, this is also the uh, second straight game you started where the defense has played outstanding. How, how much of an asset is the way they played against Tampa Bay and again today for you as a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, this is this is not new either. Our, our defense has been outstanding all season long, so um, – as an offense, you you know you got a great defense that's playing very well, and you know you take care of the ball and create long fields, and um, it, it's that's part of the team team game of, of uh, you know football and and what we do. So uh, I'm not surprised, but again, my hat goes off to them. It's a great effort um, from start to finish, and uh, as you mentioned, it's such a great asset as a quarterback to feel like you don't need to press or you don't need to push knowing that those guys uh those guys are going to prevent you know a lot of points from being scored amy jeff yeah on the intentional grounding call did you get i mean that was kind of a strange sequence there with the refs uh, taking uh, a lot of time to try to figure that out did you get an explanation as to why that was taking so long and all of that uh no i i, I didn't get an explanation there um but you know i figured it was it was intentional grounding i I was trying to throw it away to uh, to Quez on the backside, and uh, you know I, I thought that we had a receiver in the area, but they obviously didn't. Sean Bazan. Uh, hey Taysom, um, the drive before halftime, how big was that? I know you guys were pinned back pretty deep to able to kind of break through there and get get some points before the half. Uh, yeah, that was a huge drive for us. You know, we knew that uh, we got the ball at half, and you know you're starting on year one, two yard line. You don't want to do anything stupid. And, especially knowing you're getting the ball. So, but when you can score before the half and then get the ball to start the next half, that's it's the stealing points and the stealing possessions. And um, I think that was big for us as an offense, um, you know, in terms of momentum as well. Doug Mouton. Yeah, Taysom, you guys obviously had to win for next week to matter. Um, how good does it feel just to live to play for another day? Yeah, uh, look, Coach challenges. From day one this week, uh, we came in, started Thursday this week, and uh, 
he challenged us towards the playoff week. We got to win. And uh, I felt like the preparation from Thursday to the game day and, and uh, all around the, the team, the coaches, everyone was locked in and uh, certainly had the right mindset. Luke Johnson. Yeah, Taysom, on that two-minute drive, I think you, you guys started that up with uh, – or you, you got that really going with the big play to Marquez. Um, can you kind of take me through what you saw there and, and you know, with, with your trust that you have in him, like how much does that come out in those two-minute type situations? Yeah, well, I, I thought it was just just man press outside. I knew I had a one-on-one -on -one matchup uh, with Quez. And, um, you know, my mindset being backed up, I didn't want to hold the ball. So I was just going to let him, you know, give him a ball that he could go in high point and make a play. And it was either a complete, incomplete ball. Um, but, again, you, you look at Quez and what he's done. You know, I mentioned training camp and, pre, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, he, he makes plays when you give him opportunities. And, um and so that was that was really my mindset, and um, you know he he got the drive started. Saints quarterback Taysom Hill after the eighteen to ten win. What did you think of Taysom Hill overall today, Bobby? I, I thought he got better as the game progressed. Uh, I thought he was more uh, composed. You know, when you thought we backed up that back shoulder throw, uh, that's about as good as it gets. But, you know, it's almost sometimes that you make that type play. You got to do that mm, not once a game. You might have to make that three or four, if not five times. Now, I thought two of his best plays, uh, having Deontay Harris back uh, to start even the second half, plus 14 yards. Uh, there was two plays in the passing game uh, to Deontay Harris that I thought uh, was as good as it gets. And he had two catches. Uh, for 23 yards, two targets, 14-yard uh, was that long gain. Christian, I, I thought uh, those were high-quality NFL throws that you'd expect from the Aaron Rodgers, whoever you think like is the best of the best in the NFL. When you watch an NFL game and you think uh, whether it's Herbert or whether it's Joe Burrow or whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whoever you might view as the best of the best, I look at that uh, that back shoulder throw that he threw to Callaway. We were backed up. Christian is like either you're going to a completion or incompletion, but then you backed up. Boy, how significant when you're trying to flip the field, field position in the two passes to Deontay Harris. Again, that was three outstanding completions. Now, you might want to do that instead of like three times, do that, I don't know, eight, nine, ten times a game. And then you're amongst the best. And it's harder than you think. But those throw, he's capable of doing that. But I just don't know how he processes stuff because I've watched. I was telling you, I was like, uh, what is Taysom looking at? It might have been a sack, Christian, that he took. And the guy, now he's looking somewhere else. The guy's right open in front of him. Mm -hmm. I, don't know crossing what, route. I don't know what his progression was. So, see, that I don't know how it's clicking. And he's getting more and more experience. All I know is uh, we had a few texts, Christian. All I know is that Taysom Hill's a warrior and he's a football player. He's tough. Uh, he's still uh, in the uh, pocket today. Uh, all I know is you want him on your team because he'll help you win. Big Joe, Easy, Mike, Kenneth, and you two at 504-260-1870. Saints win 18-10 over the Carolina Panthers. This is the point after here on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Bobby and Christian back here on the point after on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Bobby, what's Tickles your fancy on the text line, then. Well, this might be Jameis Winston's cousin or some fan in the Big Easy, or because uh, it's a nine eight five number, so he's local. 
Uh, but this is 54-46. Uh, uh, Jameis Winston can take a good offensive line to the dance, bro. Uh, you are a Looney Tune, Bobby. Yeah, I, I'd say I am a Looney Tune. But then when he goes on to say there are many NFL teams, I, I like for you to tell me which NFL teams are. When you say many, um, many means a lot. There are many NFL teams that would gladly, with a capital G, take Jameis Winston off the Saints' hands and pay him more than the Saints. What do you mean by more? Like twenty plus million? Because that's what Jameis wants. He hasn't played enough. He's a starting quarterback. It would be successful with a good good offensive line. Period. Yeah, I'm not saying he cannot have success, but you're confident that Jameis Winston is going to bring you to a Super Bowl? Uh, I mean, I mean, it was basically the same team. You might say players here and there, but did Tom Brady have more success? Now you're talking about the GOAT. Did Tom Brady have more success than Jameis Winston throwing uh, to Michael Evans and Chris Godwin? And you look how that team was structured. Okay, would you say that Jameis Winston can hang with Tom Brady? I know that's not a fair assessment, but Tom Brady finally brought a championship to Tampa Bay. So to say Jameis is not an NFL quarterback, I'm not saying that. To say he's going to bring the Saints to the promised land, I I think that's wishful thinking. Now, I think uh, the Saints would be interested in Jameis Winston at their price, not at Jameis's price. And he is damaged good, so when you're coming back from an injury – the Saints would bring in Jameis Winston to compete for a starting job, but they would just wouldn't hand him the job considering it's too small of a sample size going forward. Now, Jameis might want to go somewhere else, but when you say there are many NFL teams that would gladly take Jameis Winston off the Saints' hands, I want you to call or text me who those teams are and who would gladly pay Jameis Winston what he wants or what his representatives want. And I think Jameis Winston's a good guy. But that doesn't mean anything. Like you could be a jerk. Are you winning? Or are you losing? That's the bottom line. Look, uh, James Winston had nothing to write home about when they played Carolina. Remember the first time in Carolina, he looked like more to James Winston in Tampa. Now he bounced back from that and played outstanding. So you're gonna have uh, games here or there. And I, I never said Taysom Hill was the answer, right? Um, what have I said, Christian? The quarterback in the future is not even on the team now. If the Saints truly want to win a Super Bowl, you can that's look, what I've said. You can look around the league. Will somebody take them? Sure. Will, would a handful of teams, perhaps like, uh, I don't know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who might have a retiring Ben Roethlisberger? Maybe. But but, the, but there's you, not many. Do you think the Steelers would pay him, though, over 20 no. some million right no. now? No. No, it'd still be like a highly incentive laden and a prove it type deal. Yeah, one year. Oh, 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 okay, my. Six, seven million. I, I, if I could say. Chris, if I can recall, and you can correct me, uh, you, you're on top of these contract things, uh, that, okay, when all of a sudden he wanted to be the tutelage of Drew Brees and Sean Payton, Pete Carmichael, Coach Lombardi, remember that whole meeting? It was like going to Harvard, going to Ivy League school. Okay, I'm willing to take a, a real huge hometown discount uh, and take a million dollars. Okay, so he did that. So he was learning, and then he had opportunity. But, Christian, I don't think he even made double-digit millions. What was it like with the Saints? Seven or eight million, mm-hmm. whatever? It wasn't 20 plus million. If you start in the NFL, for instance, just goes to show you Sam Darnold. Okay, Sam Darnold. The, the Panthers on the hook, considering expectation where he was drafted. They're on the hook because they picked up his fifth year option. Carolina got to pay Sam Darnold 16 million whether he plays or not. 
because there's too many question marks. You got question marks with Jameis. Uh, Jameis and his people might say, well, look all the yardage Jameis has thrown for. That doesn't mean Jack. It's where you at now coming back from an injury or they're willing to invest 20-plus uh, millions. Okay, wh- who would you say as of late who has more skins in the wall, Teddy Bridgewater or Jameis Winston? As of late, Teddy Bridgewater. Right? And is he hit like, uh, okay, uh, look at Teddy Bridgewater. Now, uh, look at uh, Denver. Does, is Denver convinced they want to go with Teddy Bridgewater in the no. future? No, he might. He might be a well-paid uh, travel journeyman. Saints, Carolina, Denver, who knows. What, but you know what? He brings stability. He brings stability because he's a winner. Now, that might cost 20 plus million because he brings that stability. Stability it depends how your team is structured and what direction you want to go. So this might be his cousin in New Orleans, but whoever you are, uh, 54 46, man, uh, you being too much of a Winston Homer to make those type of statements, it's not a big enough sample size in a Saints uniform. Back to our Okinawa Jewelers talk and text lines. Big Joe in Houston. What's going on, Big Joe? You're on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Love your show. Uh, thing about Taysom, give him, give him a quick shout-out for a great two-minute drive at the end of the first half and a great drive to help Kamara score the touchdown. Uh, Hill's a type of guy where he can get, he'll never have to wait for a table in a restaurant in New Orleans, and he'll never get seated in a table in Austin because of what he did to the Longhorns. Guy ran a 60-yard touchdown from the quarterback position with a knee brace. So, you know, hey. I mean, the, the guy's got heart. He's got grit. And the thing that really, really helped him out, I think, was really loosening the playbook in the second half. Uh, when you got eight guys in the box and you hand it off to Kamara, I don't care if it's Russell Wilson, Dave Wilson, or Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to get anything. Kamara didn't get much rushing yards. Maybe no. some had more rushing no. yards than Kamara. Well, so uh, think- and you know, Big Joe, I think uh, that's kind of the wheelhouse. You don't want Taysom to be in a situation where we're having to play catch up if it's close uh, to the cup, so to speak, Christian, where, uh, you know, it's one score. Or you can still stick with your game plan. It's not like you're double digit. You got to play catch up. I would not look like Taysom and a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't want him throwing like 40 to 50 times. Even Drew Brees, uh, th- that's not normally a winning formula. If you can get like Taysom through 28 passes, completed 17. I think that's about right. Christian, 28 Big Joe or the 32, uh, I think that strategy is about right. If you, if you look at yards at Tampa, it's like right on the eight yards, 7.9. Th- that's winning football uh, compared to like Sam Darnold. Uh, if you look at his uh, yards per attempt, was 5.1. Th- that is not enough uh, when you consider. And now he only had 132 yards, 17 or 26. But I think uh, with Taysom, that's going to be the case in Atlanta come Sunday. I- if we're able to keep a defense off balance and Taysom throw in the high 20s or low 30s, I think he can be productive, and that's the right number. Bobby, I can't remember a time under Sean Payton, where they were 28 passes and 28 rushing attempts. Yeah, you talk about balance. Complete yeah, balance. Uh, uh, that's yeah. 50-50. Yeah, and in theory, that's what you want to do. It never usually occurs, but that's what you're trying to do in theory. Now, if you have a first ballot Hall of Famer like a Drew Brees, it might be more like 60-40, but you should never. The NFL is too good defensively. 
You should never. I don't care if you got Pat Mahomes and all that. It's going to catch up with you sooner or later. Let's say your ratio was like 70 to 30. I'm telling you, it's not winning football. All NFL teams would tell you that. I don't care how steadily or how efficient they are offensively. They would say, well, you know, Andy Reid, whoever it might be, they go, well, you know what? God, we got to run the ball a little more. Uh, you know, we throwing a little too much. You never want to be like, uh, uh, it would be, Christian, you, you run 10 plays. Okay, we want six passes, four rushes. Not seven passes, three rushes. If it's more like 70%, a lot of times you're playing catch-up. Now, even if you laid a hammer down and you pass a lot at the beginning and you get a lead, then you bring it back and you have some clock and you run the ball. But more Big, John, Big Joe, a 60-40 than 70-30. So Sean Payton throw, with, with Taysom Hill throwing the ball, high 20s, low 30s, I think that's the right formula. He's Bobby. I'm Christian. It's the point after here on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. All right, back here on the point after. Saints linebacker Demario Davis spoke to the media after the 18-10 victory over the Carolina Panthers. Hey, DeMario, um, you know, CJ kind of referenced this a second ago, but are y'all at your your best defensively when Cam's playing the way he did today? Oh, most certainly. Um, he's proven that he's one of the most uh, effective uh, defensive ends in the game uh, from a run standpoint and a pass standpoint. You know, just the ability to, 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 to wreak havoc on the offense. And so uh, certainly when he's playing um, – the way he's been playing, um, you know, it it, uh, it it affects the offense uh, tremendously. Uh, just as far as their run game, they can't get on track. Um, having to count an extra guy for him in the pass game, uh, and just a tremendous performance by him. Uh, the rest of our defensive line, tremendous performance by the guys on the back end, and and we certainly have to have that type of play, um, you know, uh, coming down the stretch. Amy, Jess? Yeah, kind of same type of question, but about CJ. He was super involved today as well. Just how key was he today? Um, my coach says that every week, you know, our big-time players have to play big. And and, and so uh, for, for him to play the way that he did today, just, just phenomenal effort. Uh, again, another player that's effective in the run game and the pass game. Um, when they run his, his way, he's able to, to trigger and make plays in the backfield. Uh, as well as in the past game, just being able to take the ball away. Um, phenomenal effort by him and the rest of the guys on the back end, you know, uh, holding what, what could be an explosive offense um, to limited, limited uh, plays uh, was just phenomenal on, on everyone's part. Jeff Duncan. Uh, DeMario, uh, Taysom Hill said that uh, Coach Payton challenged you all this week to kind of treat this week and game like a playoff game and what was the mindset like from the from the locker room going into this week I think that's our mentality uh especially these last two weeks is, is playoffs for us because um in the playoffs it, it's must win it's when to go home and, and we're in that type of situation and so understanding that uh is a challenge it's a must win game um it's something that, that that we embrace and don't run away from um and to be able to come in against a, a good opponent and find a way to win when, when we know it's this state um, was good. We got to do the same thing next week. And, and from here on out, you know, that's our mindset. It's, 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 it's must win. And so um, that can be beneficial for us um, in where we're trying to go. And so we just got to make the most of it. Doug Mouton. Yeah, Demario, just to follow up on that, with everything you guys have been through this season, 
Um, how proud are you of the fact that you head into the last game with a shot at getting to the playoffs? I think there's no words uh, to express and um, how proud I am to be a part of a culture like this one, a team like this, a coaching staff like this, um, all my brothers in the locker room. Uh, for the journey that we've been through uh, this season, uh, very unique, um, a lot of adversity and um, what could make a lot of people, you know, maybe fold or hang up, hang it up. Um, but this team has been resilient, has continued to fight the entire time. Um, and to be going into our last week of the season, playing meaningful football, that's all you can hope for. The, the, the thing you want in this, in this game is a chance. And with that chance, it's all about what you do with it. And for us to be going into the last week of our, our, our season and having um, uh, a chance uh, to chase the crown is, is, is remarkable, um, you know, in, in regards to all that we've been through. And um, like I said, there's, there's no culture, team, or anything that I'd, I'd rather be a part of uh, than this unit right now. Um, going into the last week of the season. So uh, certainly excited for, for the opportunity at hand. Mike Triplett. Hey, Mario, uh, I had one other one for you, but just to follow up on you were saying, you listed the coaching staff among that. We talk about coach of the year all the time. How, how impressive is this staff, especially since you had to use another one of them to win one of those games a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I think about um, it, it certainly starts at the top. Um, you know, with, with, with Sean in the way that, that, that he leads and guides us. Um, and, you know, that, that entire offensive staff that, that, that he's over there with and the injuries and all the things that they've had to deal with and overcome, um, all the shifting that has had to take place. I remember early in the season, um, you know, we, we only had like four offensive coaches, I think, in one game. Um, but then when you look at the special teams um, and, and Riz and Phil, uh, you know, Riz missing the game and Phil having to step in and, you know, the way they continue to coach guys, that, you know, pro bowl and all pro players on the special teams unit. Um, and then when you come to, to, to the defensive side and, and, and everyone can see the level that the defense has played at, that, that begins – with, with, with DA, but also goes down to, to Ryan in that front, Mike, the way he has it and stays on us at linebackers and Chris on the back end. And, and so when you look at all the different things that have had to take place this season and how the coaches have continued to, to shift around and continue to find a way to get, no matter what guy is on the field, to play at a high level, us to be able to have a shot at the end of the year, um, you know, I think you got to give credit where credit is due. And a lot of that is, a lot of that is them. Um, you know, not taking away from the players on the field, but um, the coaches have, have been a big part of that, that success. Last one here, Rod Walker. Hey, Demario, I know we've asked you this before throughout the season, but how much does this defense just sort of embrace having to, you know, carry as much of the load as y'all have to carry this season? I don't know if it's about uh, carrying an extra load, um, I think that's just the mindset of the team and, and, and our culture is you do whatever you have to do to win games. And we always play the game that's in front of us. And um, I think for, for a greater percentage of the time, you know, that I've been here, um, 
you know, there was games where offense was scoring, you know, certain so many points, and we just had to try to figure out a way to get a stop. Um, and you know, it's been it's been games where defense has had to, to to get more stops. And so, I think our culture for this team is find a way to win the game. And if that means that we have to go out and and pretty much pitch a shutout, then we embrace that opportunity. That's our job. Our job is that regardless, to go on the field and get stops, get our offense the ball, and you know, help control field position. And so we just play the game that's in front of us. That's our culture. That's our team. Uh, but I don't think any unit is ever looking at we have to carry the load. And I think that's why we've had so much success over the years. It's that it's that team. It's that camaraderie. It's that brotherhood. And it's, you know, I'm going to do my part as best I can to to help the team be in the best position to win. And and we're successful when when, when we find a way to do that. Saints linebacker Demario Davis following the 18-10 victory over the Carolina Panthers. I'm still – we're still getting some details, Bobby, on the Antonio Brown situation. So, apparently, Bruce Arians told him to get in the game twice. He refused. That led to a bit of the, the blow-up where he literally took his shoulder pads off and jersey off. So, wait, the, so, so, so why sideline. did he refuse to go in the game? I don't know. I think he, he – He thought Tom Brady should be throwing him the ball I, more? I, that I hasn't mean, been Okay, been revealed. revealed. Okay. So, we, we most of you maybe have saw – have seen, excuse me – the video where he's undressing on the sideline, all he goes shirtless, throws his, his T-shirt into the stands, walks into the locker room. I mean, he's like hy- hyping up the fans, you know, as he's walking into the locker no, room. No, Antonio Brown's an idiot. I don't care if you're white, black, Asian, whatever. Antonio Brown's an idiot. What is he doing? He's not – okay, if you're playing tennis or you're playing golf, you're playing individual sport, you're playing a team sport. Antonio Brown – he needs to thank his lucky stars that Tom Brady brought him on a championship team with Tampa Bay. He, Tom Brady was counting on him because Chris Godwin's out. Now I'm Antonio Brown. Well, what are you doing? No, he got issues, Christian, and I'm not poo-pooing this because, uh, you know, a number of people deal with bipolar. I think you get the high of the highs and the low of the lows, Antonio Brown. He needs some help. He needs some help. You know what's a bad thing? He may not have that earning power going forward in the NFL again because he's crazy. Antonio Brown is freaking crazy. He was headed towards a Hall of Fame career before he derailed in Pittsburgh. Crazy stuff. No, no he, uh, uh, Christian, uh, you can't describe uh, the stuff he does and how he interacts. Just look back what he even did before he got another chance with Tampa Bay with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Just look at that debacle, what he did. Come on, they're not going to baby you, dude. Grow up. You, come on, you, you're old enough. You're old enough, man, to have help, but... I mean, Christian, he's a, he's a brat. He is a small brat, Antonio Brown. He's never been in the real world. He might not have it to be in the real world, but the real world might not be the NFL in the future for him. He's Bobby Abear. I'm Christian Garrick. This is The Point After on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Back here on The Point After on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Saints win 18-10 over the Carolina Panthers. Also up in Green Bay, the Vikings are trailing the Green Bay Packers 20-3. to and that's good. Uh, yeah, we knock out the Vikings, get them out of the way, take care of business against Atlanta. Uh, you look at different scenarios, Christian, it's not far-fetched. Now, again, I don't know if we could do anything in the postseason. Some people might say, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, why go to the postseason if you can't truly win a championship? You never know. I mean, what can happen? It's not a series. It's not the best out of uh, five or best out of seven. It's one game. Anything can happen. Now, uh you know, the reason why I still think there's hope, Christian, 
is because we beat two of the best who were considered the best in the NFC. We beat Green Bay the first game. Not only beat, beat them, took them to the woodshed. And then we take Tampa Bay to the woodshed. Now, we didn't play the Rams. That didn't happen against Dallas. What, uh, you know, whatever. But it's not like one game, something mirac- miraculously uh, couldn't happen. But, you know, to get to a Super Bowl, uh, boy, you, you, something have to really be clicking. Like all of a sudden, you're taking away the football uh, a multitude of times and you're not turning it over. And all of a sudden, whoa, we went on that playoff run. Uh, you, you look at the Giants. So you may always bring that up when they knocked off uh, the Patriots. Uh, Christian, they were ready to run out of town, Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning, in early December, mm-hmm. and they won the Super Bowl. So it can be a magical season. Now, we all talking about you have to have a franchise-type quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And we were talking about that off the air probably about half an hour ago, an hour ago. But you remember we were saying – that it's not 100%. Nothing's 100%. But it just seems like you have to have what's considered a franchise quarterback to be the world champs. Now, if you look back a couple of decades, uh, early in this century, Trent Dilfer with the Ravens, Brad Johnson uh, with Tampa Bay, uh, they, they weren't like Hall of Famers, Pro Football Hall of Famers, weren't world beaters. But you look at their team, how it was structured. Eli, uh, you know, winning two Super Bowls, I think he has an opportunity to go to the Hall of Fame. But you still, you would think, Christian, would need, even though your defense is great, in this day and age, the way the rules are structured, you still would need that maybe Hall of Fame-type quarterback. And that's why I always bring up, like, the Aaron Rodgers of the world. Uh, Russell Wilson, he made the statement last year, the Saints would be one of four teams that he looked forward to playing for. And I think that's because of Sean Payton. And then Deshaun Watson, the reason why I keep bringing up Deshaun Watson, eventually he's going to be out of trouble, and he's still young. Uh, Whether, uh, uh, you know, it's a civil suit and whatever comes about with that, he missed the whole season, and he settles all that financially, they might get a big chunk of his money because he got $150 million, you know, guaranteed. Christian, I want to say, I think next year he's still only 26 years old. He didn't forget how to play football. So then you look at Derek Carr and all that. So there's different options. Now, Derek Carr, I would say uh, I think uh, he's been unbelievable considering uh, the anxiety and strife they've had since John Gruden has left the Raiders. The, the Raiders are relevant. Uh, look how they've kept that team together, and I think Derek Carr is a, very, a big part of that, uh, keeping them relevant. So it'll be interesting to see how he's a part of the Raiders or does he go somewhere else. And that's why it's always intriguing when we bring it up, whether it's sports talk or these type shows, about the quarterback position. And I think right now that we have a championship defense. A championship defense. Now, uh, having a championship defense, do we have an offense that could complement that championship defense? Because you very seldom have an outstanding defense and an outstanding offense. I'm not saying, you know, like both top ten, top five. Now, because we've seen previously, and we've been a 500 team, we were one, two, or three in offense, and our defense sucked. Uh, I mean, they were terrible. So now we got a kick-ass defense, eh, and then it's our offense. So it's hard to get that combination what you have invested in. Uh, but I think the Saints are still in the win-now mode. I don't know what's going to happen uh, to finish this season. But, Christian, ain't no rebuilding. I still think the Saints are looking at 2022-23, 
or whatever it might take. Uh, look, the, the Rams are all in. All chips are in. Look at the Rams when they get Matthew Stafford. They're all in. The Rams are in. If the Rams don't win the Super Bowl this year, then, then they failed because they're all in. Very similar kind of copycat league what Tampa Bay did to get Tom Brady mm-hmm. and all the pieces. That's kind of like we're building for the future. Building for the future. The future is now. And what are you doing now next season? It's not, oh, we're going to be all right 2023, 2024. The fans don't put up with that. There's too much money involved. you got to win now and whatever it takes. So look at the Rams and how big all in with Matthew Stafford. If they win, uh, that's that's a bust because it is Super Bowl or bust. The Saints are going Super Bowl or bust. I truly believe going forward, that's why I don't think the quarterback's on this team right now. Bobby Hebert, Christian Garrick, we will wrap up the point after with a couple of phone calls. Also, you'll hear from Chauncey Gardner-Johnson after the break. This is the point after on the New Orleans Saints radio network. Back here on the point after, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson came up with a big interception to seal the game. Here is C.D. Deuce after the victory. Hey, Chauncey, I'm just, how important do you feel like your, the energy that you bring to this defense is? You won, right? All right, next question. <laughs> I'm not going to say too much. It's just, we won the game. Jude. Just love paying passion. Chauncey, can you walk me through your pick at the end of the game? Uh, very long distance. You know, you can't do too much. You ain't got no timeouts. Um, just keep it in front of you. And if the ball throws, break on the ball. And that's what I did. And that's what Coach preaches in the game when we get back. We get them backed up long distance. Play the ball. Everybody back up, play the ball. Luke? Hey, CJ, how, how big was Cam for you guys today? Uh, and really, these last couple of weeks, I, I mean. Uh, That's the tone, man. He sets the tone for this defense. When Cam goes and Cam brings his hands to work, Cam is Cam. And the only thing is that he doesn't bring his hands to work. So to have a presence like that on the edge and then to be able to have a dominant presence up front with him is just, he can feed off that. I mean, when a quarterback has got to worry about Cam and not worry about the whole defense, I mean, it makes everybody play at a high level. I, I can't, can't do nothing but give Cam all-time praise and just keep stacking them, stack, them sacks and just congratulations to him because it's going to keep going. He deserves it. Amy? Yeah, before uh, he left the game, uh, PJ uh, filling in at the multiple positions that he's played this season. Um, how has he been beneficial for y'all? To my PJ? Yes. Man, PJ, man, that's the vet. And the guy taught me everything I know since I got here. That's why I played nickel. It's just... It's just an honor and humble to be playing with a guy like that. You know, he's been through this team, been with this team through ups and downs. So to see a guy just to be able to go out there and grip, grind, fight, and just be him. Unfortunate circumstances today, but we hold him, we held it down as a team to hold him down. And I think we made him proud. And being the vet that he is, I think he's happy himself. So, you know, I just love being a part of team, being teammates with PJ and learning from him. Like you say, everybody have their opinions about him, but we love him. Mike Triplett. Hey, 
you guys uh, had a couple plays where they got loose in open space early in the game, especially the touchdown run. What was sort of the message and the reaction after that? Because you really didn't give up anything else after that. Tackle better. Tackle better. Um, tackle better and run to the ball. Play with, play with passion. Sometimes about S's and O's, sometimes about passion. You see, when I bring the passion, my teammates bring the passion, they understand that you got to lock in more to your technique assignment and you got to be way more physical than the other team. With Stanhill. So I just, that first touchdown, that's all. Put like that. Nick? CJ, you mentioned last week just kind of how the defensive front was getting slandered a little bit and just how they were helping you guys coming on. Just how satisfying is it for you just as a teammate to see them guys doing what they're doing and getting the production they're getting the last three, four weeks? Man, you can't talk about last week. They were shorthanded. You can't do nothing when you only got four or five D linemen. But you can see we got a healthy D lineman. Nobody's sick. Nobody's hurt. Nobody's injured. Nobody can't stop that front. I mean, they dominated three, four weeks ago. They dominated the beginning of the season. They're dominating now. So it's just been an on, ongoing season from all of them guys up front. The whole front. I mean, if it weren't for them, I don't think we'll be playing as high. I mean, you got to give that front your props. I mean, I wouldn't catch the picks. My guy wouldn't catch the picks, linebackers, and nobody would be able to do anything we're doing without that front. I mean, I, I give a lot of credit to them. Like Coach say, when you're one-on-one, they're winning their one-on-one. Luke Johnson. Yeah, CJ, what, it, what does it just mean to you guys? That you're you're going into this week 18 playing a meaningful football game. You know, you keep your playoff hopes alive in that last week. Let's play football. Playoff will come after the game. I mean, can't go in there talking about no playoffs because that ain't playoffs ain't start right now. The playoffs start in a couple weeks. I'm I'm focused on Atlanta right now. I'm ready to go go to Atlanta right now. I'm ready to win right now in practice right now. So just got to get that one back they took from us. That's all. Got to get that one back they took from us. Whew. Man, all I know is the Houdat Nation, uh, C.D. Deuce is number one player for life as part of the Houdat Nation. You know, you decide who you're going to pay or not pay. All I know is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, C.D. Deuce, however you describe him, he's a baller. Uh, he, football's his life. Football's his hobby. Is that important to him? And he's keeping it real. I mean, uh, Christian, you don't care if you're a 100-point underdog or your favorite. Come on, you got to go play. It's football. You got to get it done. And he's talking about, uh, it's so true. You can get it done on the back end, but the best pass coverage is a pass rush. I don't know who they got to pay in the future, but I think the Who That Nation would agree with this. If you had a chance to pay Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or Marcus Williams, even though Marcus Williams is considered one of the best free safeties in the league right now, I think P.J. Williams, based on his production, he's been underpaid. But uh, if I uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or Marcus Williams, I'm paying C.D. Deuce. Come on. All right, that's a wrap for the point after on the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Bobby, say goodbye. All right. Bon nuit, les gens. Good night, people. Who that? Come on, plug them dirty birds next Sunday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.